0: The following culture and episode is part one of two of the top 10 trends in the future of work. With your Human Works eight hosts, Sean Gullius and Jason Cochran, listen in as the first five trends are covered in this episode.
1: Hello, Googleization Nation, and welcome to Culture and the Future of Workplace Culture, a GGG Unleashed podcast with thought leaders, Human Works 8. I'm Ira Wolf and I'm Jason Cochran in each of human works eight episodes. We will cover practical insights, tips, and executable activities to get you thinking about the future of culture development in your organization. Let's begin. Welcome back everyone to another stellar episode of culture and the future of workplace culture. I'm one of the newest members of human works eight, Jason Cochran. And I'm thrilled to be joined by the voice you already know and love on the show, Sean (laughs) Goyes. We are going to be taking a fun twist on today's episode as we're going to do a David Letterman style top 10 list on the future of work. Because let's be honest, folks, everyone is both fascinated and terrified by the future right now as our workplaces and work itself is changing faster than ever. But we've got some exciting things to share in this episode, and we hope this will get you feeling more fascinated than terrified as you think about the future of work. Right, Sean? That is correct. We're going to keep feeling fascination. There you go. Absolutely. And so let's go ahead and kick things off here with trend number one in the future of work, Sean. And this is this concept of work autonomy or, or freedom. A lot more people are getting this taste of freedom because of hybrid work and being able to work remotely. What's your take on it? What are maybe some of the new freedoms
0: you're hearing about that people are wanting and the work that they do? Well, I think it's something that's never going to go backwards. It's always going to go forward, this autonomy. I think more and more individuals are going to say, hey, I need to figure this out for me and my life and work and how they come together. And what we're seeing is, you know, people learned through working from home and in hybrid situations that certain things work better for them. You know, one way we look at it, Jason, and I know you're familiar with it, is that through all three parts of the mind, when you think about your natural way of working, some of us like a private space, some of us like quiet, others are more drawn to and need that collaborative sort of open kind of space. And a lot of times when they were used to working in a certain building or environment, everybody just thought, well, it had to be this way. This is where I work. This is what the setup being exposed and getting the chance to sort of experience it in different ways has really opened everyone's eyes to sort of saying, okay, what works best for me? Because I think that's the bottom line. I I always tell clients that we work with, it's not about where somebody is working, it's how to get them energized and being able to perform in their best way. And that's why I say, don't mind about hybrid, don't mind about work at home, call it what you wear, will, call it what you were, call it what you will, and let them just find what works naturally for them. I don't know about you, I like a collaborative space. I did well working from home, but there's that only is only for a portion of my work. When I'm doing writing or when I'm doing research, that quiet and being by myself is good, but I thrive and where I get the most energy is when I have people around me. So you didn't have to ask me too quickly to get back to the office, I wanted to be
1: there. Absolutely. And that's what we need is more places where people feel that way, as opposed to feeling, oh, gosh, I do not want to go back there. It wasn't a great experience. I'm having a much better time at home. So we got to help leaders and organizations kind of flip that switch of instead of just mandating folks to come back, how can we make it something positive to where they can't wait to get back yeah. to the office and be with their you got it.
0: And i agree jason one thing i we also coach a lot of leadership teams on is that strong why what is the why of being back with people Um, and sometimes that why can be accomplished with a hybrid kind of environment but some organizations if it's a tangible work that you're doing and needing to pass along or to be in the same space then sometimes that why is not communicated clearly, which causes sort of that disconnect. And then people are saying, you know, they're forcing me to come back. And it's not about work autonomy. It's like, what is the work necessity that's driving where you need to be and where you need to work? And
1: you just queued up trend number two perfectly, Sean. That's a perfect segue, (laughs) because number two is we're moving away from just jobs. Now people are thinking about meaningful work. So kind of chew on that concept a little bit for
0: us, too. We're moving away from just doing jobs and people are thinking more meaningfully about the work. And, you know, my passion around this, Jason, is all about uh, coming from a place of values. I think everything we've lived through over the last two or three years is really repositioned. in everyone's head and body and spirit is that they want to do work that has some meaning both to impact the world out there, but also to the individual. And I think having strong individual values and understanding those and being clear about really where are you coming from, from a personal value, and how does that align and connect with an organization's values is so critical these days. And we're doing so much work that way, both aligning and helping organizations really elevate and really energize what their value language is, but also one step a lot of organizations aren't doing is connecting that back to an individual's personal values and once you have that connection to me that's where the magic is that's where the electricity comes from because it says that's why i want to work there that's what brings meaning it connects with me but i also see the connection of what this organization is doing for the world i love that and
1: it just reinforces people aren't just showing up for paychecks anymore Right. By and large, I mean, yes, there are some folks that may be going through some hardships and they may be doing types of work and there's a nobility and honor in all work. But for most people, if they have the opportunity to do work that aligns with those personal values, that's what they want to lean into now as they think about work in that more meaningful way. Trend number three. I agree.
0: Oh, you're going to go to trend. Can we stop one more thing on trend number two, though, Jason? Absolutely. And you you made me think of that. And it's all around, you know, we we hear a lot of leaders saying, you know, is this employee committed? You know, that word commitment is thrown around a lot with is somebody really engaged? And commitment comes from value alignment. That's where it starts, everybody. So I just wanted to make that mention Mm -hmm. around that, too, as far as meaningful work. Somebody is committed is when values are aligned. So I just wanted to put that point out there as well for people to think about.
1: That's a good call out. And if you need help figuring out even maybe what your personal values are, we do that at Human Works Eight. Yeah. So many much times fun. that's the first step. Absolutely it is. It absolutely <laughs> is. True number three, we're gonna roll into the next one here, Sean. Is there's a big focus now on workplace mental health and well-being. So much so, even one year ago. The U.S. Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, said we have reached public health crisis levels when it comes to mental health in the workplace, and the federal government now is even investing resources in figuring this out. What are your thoughts on workplace mental health as we move into the future?
0: Well, I think focusing on getting your team members in that thriving environment is so important in well-being and mental health. and what we're seeing is that, you know, the whole concept of calling it a wellness program and and having your nutrition or your movement or whatever you've been doing, they weren't so much going back to, okay, what is an individual's needs? And I, I think that came out again in the last two or three years, how those individual needs for thriving and mental health are so unique and so personal to everyone. And I like to simplify it. Of course, Um, Jason, you know, in working with me, I like to sort of break it down as simply as possible. And I think organizations need to relook at how they're thinking about this mental well-being and really talk about, you know, we talked about values. That's that sense of purpose. One's mental well-being starts with their purpose. Why are they working? How does it how does it feed the the, the Mm -hmm. other parts of their life? And that usually comes from a value perspective. But the one, you know, I don't talk a lot about work-life balance, but the word balance is important for mental well-being. And it's balance across so many elements and that are so personalized, whether that's financial balance, spiritual balance. There's a lot of different ways to think about balance. And organizations need to explore both that element of purpose from an individual perspective, for good mental health and well-being but also that balance element and how can you provide experiences and things for your teams to learn more about those two areas i think organizations have done a lot around nutrition and movement and thinking well about those but i think it's that purpose and that balance element that needs to be explored in greater depth and i you know I me mean, I, when i talk about it I think organizations need to take that choose-your-own-adventure approach. Provide experiences and let your team members select what hits home for them.
1: I love that. And we have just volumes of research now, epidemiological research, that work is a major determinant of your over, overall health and wellness. Fair. Absolutely. That, that, that your boss, your boss many times, has more of an effect on your health and wellness sometimes than your friends or your spouse. That's powerful to think about. to to think about how we're injecting and thinking well about our workplaces and that we have systems and processes in place that support thinking about people that way.
0: I agree, Jason. And when you bring up that element of who you report to your leadership, um, the leadership really role modeling and, and being very sort of vulnerable themselves on what they need allows an individual then to share and to sort of discover what their needs are for that balance. So I'm glad you brought that up.
1: I love that. So leadership keep leading the way. Be vulnerable. Talk about those things. Emphasize <laughs> yeah. it. It's important when it comes to mental health. Don't shy away Everybody. from it. You got it. Next one is kind of a word soup one, Sean. We've got <laughs> metaverse, AI, and Web three. They're all different, but they're all kind of in the same bucket. Which is from a technology standpoint, things are changing faster than we ever have. Yeah. We're kind of doing some cool things at Human Works Eight with Chat GPT, aren't we? To kind of start stretching those muscles a little bit.
0: Um, I agree with that. I was just working with a strategy and planning a session with a client and AI came up in that, and they kind of all said, AI. And I, like, okay. And then I said, okay, that there you go. Everyone in your strategy <laughs> and planning, as you look at your next three year picture, as you start thinking about what's ahead, you don't have to have the answer to that, all those things, but you have to start asking the question. And Jason, that's why you joining us has really helped us ask that question, because I know it's needed. I don't know how it fits or what that that piece is or how it can really elevate the work we're doing. But I know it will. And I think we're asking better questions on its use, whether it's from a research element, whether it's from supporting clients, whether it's a more efficient way of getting information or putting information together organizations need to start asking that question. So on every strategy and planning session we're ha- having with our clients moving into 2024, that question has to be in their three-year picture under uh, doing research around it or thinking innovatively on how it might touch elements of their specific business
1: i love that sean so many times just in general we all think we got to have the answers first before we move forward on something and this is something leaders you're hearing sean say you have permission to get messy in this it's not going to be perfect because things are going to constantly be changing but stretch those muscles of saying you know what we're putting this in our plan we know we need to talk about it we may not be experts in ai but guess what We're going to start playing with it. We're going to start figuring it out. We're not going to be fearful of it because it does hold tremendous opportunity to increase your efficiencies, productivities, and overall workplace well-being for people as it frees up more time for them to focus their energy and efforts on the things that bring value and align with their interests and that you're going to be able to leverage AI to take care of some of maybe more of the minutiae or the detail process oriented things sometimes that that might get in the way of doing the type of work that you wanna do. So it's definitely a wild west time right now, but I think it's exciting that more folks are jumping in and trying to figure it out. For sure. Up next, evolving what? leadership practices. Evolving leadership practice, my good. So we, we just talked about how we're evolving in terms of AI and our processes. Leadership is gonna have to evolve into the future too. How are
0: you seeing it needing to evolve, Sean? Well, what we've learned, I, I believe, is that organizations uh, need to get away from leadership development or leadership training, it, You know, how to be a better manager or how to be a better supervisor or what that even is. I believe the way that organizations need to start thinking about this evolving leadership model is to take it from a two-prong sort of approach. First, do leaders understand their inner side how they work how they're driven because you can't change a leader from the inside they have to really understand and have confidence in the way they work so they can use their abilities and the way they're wired in the best way we call that an interview all of our leadership training starts with that interview practice leaders really gaining confidence about who they are the way they work across all three parts of their mind cognitively effectively and then their natural instincts cognitively. Once that's settled, that really builds a leader's confidence immediately because they they say, this is the way I work. This is me at my best. This is how I can add value in coaching, mentoring, leading a team of other people. At the same time, that should also give the leader insight saying, do I know the interview of everybody that's on my team? So because it starts there with any person that way. So we always take that interview first before you get to some of those outer view leadership practices, whatever a is responsible, whether it's maybe it is for training, maybe it is for different kinds of coaching or performance management, but get that interview confidence set first before you start looking at sort of those outer components and more of the execution or maybe some of those tasks that a leader needs to do in your leadership model for your organization.
1: I love what that. I love, how you're, I love how you're changing it because you're going <laughs> from the inside out instead of the outside in like we've traditionally done. It. And yeah. let's be honest, Gallup's latest data in terms of how many employees trust their leadership, it's not pretty. The, <laughs> the data are showing three out of four employees don't trust their leadership. And I think it's probably because we've been coming at it backwards. We've been going from the out, side in instead of the inside out like you said
0: that's a wrap for part one where sean and jason covered the first five of the top five trends for the future of work stay tuned for part two next month where they'll cover the second five learn more at humanworks8.com